The Clone Wars have ended. Go, 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 go! We went over the plan five times. I got the package, didn't I? We need a pickup. Hang on. Fanboys and Friends presents Back to the Clones. Clones versus Cooper. Empire Dawns. So, this is the top team. The rogue clones on the run from the Empire, huh? Hello. How juicy. The Empire's growing stronger. We should be doing more. You want to really be free? Then pull off this heist, and you can have a future. Rumors are more and more clones have been questioning the Order. Then they're traitors, like the Jedi. You all gave up everything because of me. We made the right choice, Omega. But there are others out there who need our help. What sort of treachery is this? Stay back! Now, join your hosts David Sendon and Kyle Wagner. A new episode of Back to the Clones, Clones vs. Trooper. Empire Dawns starts right now. We're soldiers. We do what needs to be done. Move! You know what makes us different? We make our own choices. What do you need, Rex? Any chance I could use you for a mission? Again, and welcome to the latest episode of Back to the Clones, Clones vs. Trooper, Empire Dawns. Uh, I am your host, Davidson, and your master of ceremonies here aboard the Marauder. And you're with me, your friend of mine, all the way out, uh, straight out of Dagobah. Yeah, I know, I took that meme thing going around. So what? Your friend of mine, Kyle Wagner. Kyle, how's it going, buddy? Just don't call me tech, because it could end badly for me. Yeah, nah. tech seems very neurodivergent. I'm sure you're anything but that. Yeah, that's true. I so. mean, look at what you do for a living. That would take a bit smarter of a person than neurodivergent to do. <laughs> no, but we are talking the final four episodes of season two of Bad Batch today. <laughs> so, um... I think, David, before we get started, I think we need, I just, we need to kind of assess because neither of us have, we've been very up and down so far on season two of Bad Batch. It's that probably we have. been more. That we have. I, there's been a couple of episodes that have been a little painful. I'm going to say there's a few episodes that really stood out, but there was a lot of episodes this season that just kind of felt like they were there. Oh, uh, that, oh, are you talking about this first one that we're going to talk about that was Oh, no, I'm just, I'm just talking about up to, up to this point, up to before we talk about these final four, because... Oh, no, I, I, I agree, I agree, I agree. Um, <laughs> the, the episodes of the Bad Bats that have really cooked, I wish the whole show had been like that, to be honest. Well, I agree, and but I also uh, think I mean, of it, I the biggest like... example of that is, and and I know you liked it too, Kyle. Um, uh, the outpost. Oh, the outpost was phenomenal. And of course, that was the episode before we started these final four. But yeah, what I do, what I do want to say, is, 
I'm going to say it right now as we're going into it, so kind of people kind of know at least where I'm coming from a little bit. Right. I think, I think these final four episodes of the Bad Batch, including Pabu, for me, really made me go, okay, I'm willing to give you one more season to finish telling your story. Well, we'll get to it at the end of the program, but I think they, you know, give me one more season just because you cannot end on that. No, you can't. You can't end on that. But what I'm saying though is, even if you just, I'm saying beyond just ending on a cliffhanger. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You gave me. You gave me enough intrigue and good enough stories to go. Okay. Yes, I am not just wanting a final season so I can figure out where this cliffhanger. Yeah. It. It, al- it almost seems. Kyle, it almost seems like they were listening to some felony notes that were crept under the door. Probably, and I'm sure Dave probably had some impact, input on these ending episodes. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he did, yeah. But let's go ahead and start getting into these episodes. I mean, their offices are all in the same spot. Yeah, that's true. So, so. But let's go ahead and start getting into these episodes, David, because we got our first. the first one we got to talk about is Habu. Yeah. Um, okay, this was a filler episode, if ever there was one. See, I, I, I'm actually going to disagree with you a little bit. Here. Okay, all right, but still, let's call him. Uh, let's call Quacky Monkey Litter what it is. It was a filler episode. the The biggest takeaway was, and again, this is weird because you get rid of her just to go back to her. I mean, that makes zero sense, Bad Batch. Sorry, but biggest takeaway from this was, you got away from Sid. Correct, and what, what what I but here's why. I, okay, so there's a few things with this episode. Yeah. First of all, this episode was absolutely beautiful. Oh, it was. Don't get me wrong. It uh, before everyone starts throwing their iPod and and cursing the high heaven at what I just said. Come on, filler is not a dirty word, kids. Stop it. The episode was gorgeous. The environmental so, so... disaster that this basically was was gorgeous, was beautifully animated, was animation that I thought I'd never see again because Clone Wars animation was stellar and then you took one or two or three steps back and we got Rebels. Well, okay, so... Which was a great show. Do not get me wrong there. But the animation was not the same par as Clone Wars. I think, Kyle, you and I can both agree on that, right? Uh, I, I look at Rebels animation a little differently because I think they tried something there, and I think at times it worked and at times it didn't. They did, they did. And look, I would take Rebels animation any day over whatever the hell you were doing with Resistance. Yeah, but I think with Pabu, and I think especially when you, it, it's a you catch it more on the rewatch. Yeah, you do. Watch the, you do. Watch the final four episodes. <laughs> Pabu. Well, it feels like while it initially felt like a filler episode because you didn't have the three episodes behind it yet. Yeah. But after getting those three episodes beside, to me, Pabu represents a, a bit of a sh- starting to see a shift and change with the Bad Batch and the characters of the Bad Batch. Yeah. Because they're I, starting I, I, to realize. I agree with that. Because I think that they they start to realize they're more than what they thought what they've considered themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think too that you know getting away from Sid 
and taking in a story to where the Bad Batch are now getting it's the starting the steps of getting the Bad Batch involved and not just on the periphery or doing these weird little side missions or things like that. They're getting pulled into the bigger happenings. Yeah, now. no, they're, they're, they're it's one of the things that I'm I'm getting that and I'm hearing that, right? And I'm just going to say what people aren't going to like, but it's true. For me, anyway. As far as pulling them in, getting them involved, I got that out of these last four than anything Mandalorian has done so far. Yeah, well, I, well exactly. I also remember a little bit of different different time time points here. No, I, I know, I know, but as far... I'm, I'm looking at story and narrative structure on that, alright? Well, yeah. Not so yeah, much not... same time period because that's not what this is. Yeah, but for the Bad Batch, I mean, this is what we've been kind of... I think this is the biggest step in an overall character development for the Bad Batch in this episode. It is, yeah. Since, since, the, since we were introduced to them back in the final season of The Clone Wars. Yeah, which... Ironically, and, and I've talked about this many times as we've talked about the Bad Batch, ironically, those episodes were what I wanted the show to be. It almost feels like the um, the promise you got from the ideas for Resistance and then the opposite happened. It just wasn't that, Yeah. right? Well, and I, 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 I think almost too, feel the same way with Bad Batch, but... You go back to that introduction in Clone Wars Season 7. That's yeah. the show I wanted. Where was that? Yeah. Well, and I think it started off that way a little bit and then went in a direction, went a little bit, took that left turn at Albuquerque. It did. It did. Thank you for that I, Bugs Bunny interlude. But I think the other thing with the Pabu episode, too, is not, it's, it wasn't, it isn't just about the fact that the, you have the Bad Batch realizing they can have a life outside of what they are. Right, yeah. I think it truly gave them something bigger than them to fight for. Because now they, I think maybe for the first time, especially since they, since the events of the beginning of the Bad Batch, mm-hmm. they felt like they truly had some place that they could maybe call home. Yeah, and live no, I would definitely agree with that. And for any character in that, and in any good storytelling, that that is a something that will change characters drastically and i think you really i think in this episode of Pabu, across from from hunter to wrecker to tech to omega even omega you saw them realize there's more and i i think that's what taking that and making that character turn really helps as they push through into this these three remaining episodes and puts more it put more weight on the bad batch too because I think we could identify with them a little bit more as viewers yeah. after no, seeing I, what they went through with, with Pabu. No, I so, totally agree. And, so I think that makes it a little bit more than just a filler episode when you look at it in the grand scale. All right, I'll give you the, that. You know what? I, I, you put it that way, though. I really wish Favreau would take some notes. Well, that's that's a conversation for him. It is, but I'd love to see that kind of uh, effort, that kind of draw, that kind of character push, right? Yeah. Brought into what Favreau's doing. Mm-hmm. Right? 
Now, yeah. look, I like season three of Mandalorian more than most, but I did not get that sort of you know, pull into the greater picture of what's going on, you know, from, uh, you know, Mandalorian. And part of that is, you know, John's writing, and I guess part of that is also there's this one piece, this one piece that I'm still hanging on to for any life out of this Mandoverse, and that's our girl Ahsoka. Yeah. Well, um, we'll get we'll get to, we'll get to that. But let's. Oh uh, yeah, let's that's a conversation the... for another pod altogether. Yeah. yeah, but um, what what I think is interesting then too, with just to kind of wrap up a final thought on Pabu. Mm-hmm. Is it really did feel like one of those calm before the storm episodes? It did, it did, and ironically, the the storm broke within the easiest way, uh, a dam yeah. breaking. Yeah, exactly. So, I I will say very much symbolism there. I would definitely put Pabu in one of one of my like top six episodes of the season. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. When I say filler, it didn't feel like, yeah. you know, you know how. Let me put it this way: it, this this was not. Um, no, no, no. What this was this was not faster by any me- means of the imagination. Oh, absolutely, but it wasn't. Like case in point, this show, not just this episode, but this show, right, mm-hmm. has had. Less filler, I mean, maybe some confusing episodes, sure. Like, how do you make Captain Rex boring? How? How? Yeah. Right? Um, But this show, this particular season, has had less filler than, you know, some of the episodes of Rebels, which seem to have a lot. Well, I I think also, too, with Rebels, that Rebels was a different time and of storytelling no, too. I know I, think... I know but but if you counted the filler episodes that were there you'd run mm-hmm. out of fingers yeah well I, I think I think in this case though like I said at the end of the day at least for me Pabu was not a filler episode it was more of a it, it really is a change-up episode and it really I think it I think it's an episode that does change the culture of the bad batch all right you know what you turned me you turned me, my boy. You turned me. <laughs> All right. Damn it. But damn it. No, no wonder I brought him into this. He's good, people. He's good. <laughs> and if Which you and if you in... want more good, go to uh, Fandom Podcast Network. Oh, we try over there. But <laughs> I'm sure it, you do it, fine. It, it, but you know, I think that kind of closes the door on Pabu because I think. You know, while, like I said, it wasn't a heavy story, but it, it had a lot of weight to it. Yeah. <laughs> you get what my drift. But, um. Oh, yeah, I got really, it. I got it. Whoa. Yeah. Things to really start heating up was we hit episode 14 with Tipping Point, which is kind of the start of the, what I consider the three-part season finale. It is, yeah. I mean, this whole thing might as well have been a, been stitched as a as a movie and and you know what I would have been happier with that result than say oh I don't know a revered George Lucas era animated show that started with a movie and was like wah, wah. Yeah. well 
So I'm just get, I'm just get... saying. Look, I know yeah. y'all love George Lucas. Fine. I I have respect for him, but I also have my own feelings about him. But I'm sorry, that Clone Wars movie, I just can't get over that. No, uh, luckily that was a long time ago in a theater far, far away. Uh, yeah, back when we used to share popcorn and kids today are like, what's that? Uh-huh. I'm like, that's when so, you put your hand in the same bucket, children. And if you were lucky, you ended up with a wife out of it. Well, let's get into Tipping Point, because Tipping Point is really the episode where I think all the stuff that they were building with this season all really comes together to create the the start of the season finale because we, I mean, we, we see what's going on with, uh, Ec- what's been going on with Echo since he left the Bad Batch yeah. and what, what, the re- what their resistance has been doing. We see what's going on on Coruscant. We see what's going on with Dr. Hemlock. Mm-hmm. Um, there, we see major developments with Crosshairs as he's kind of realizing what's going on, going on after the events of Outpost. Right. Um, and, it's just it's it, it it's it starts off with some lightheartedness and but by the end of the episode we're we're in deep into the things that are going on. Oh, I would say so. I would say you know, so. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say this. Um, Doctor Hemlock is evil. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Pure incarnate. Now. You know, I was watching the episode again before recording, and something occurred to me. Uh-huh. Is Hemlock a precursor to this now Armitage Hux Project Necromancer? I'm kind of wondering. Because it almost feels that way. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of wondering. Yeah. Makes you kind of wonder if Mandalorian will name drop uh, Hemlock as sort of a a leading, uh, f- uh, kind of founding, uh, creepy founding father in this sort of Project Necromancer stage. Yeah, well, and it's interesting, too, because, I mean, in this in this episode, what I, what I like about this episode, David, and, you, and I know you rewatched these here right before we got started, yeah. so you probably have a little bit fresher in your mind. Yeah, yeah. Was the aspect you got... We see see what's going on with Echo and his, and what he's been doing with Rex, mm-hmm. which those events lead into things that happen on Coruscant, which things that happen with Hemlock, which also leads into um, them pulling the Bad Batch in to help their clone brothers. Right. Yeah. And you know, and it's the stuff. It, it's interesting because, and and I won't go too deep on this because it's a. It's kind of a, a, a topic of conversation for a different podcast altogether. And uh, it's also uh, one issue that has many, many takes to it. But let me let me point this one thing out. What they do with Echo here, right? Kind of a, you, you kind of your underground railroad idea of clones is what I saw really early on what the arc of uh, Finn could have been in uh, in the sequel trilogy. Yeah. Kind of a kind of an underground railroad of stormtroopers, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, but no, that arc just, you know, spun its wheels and and we know what, you know, happened after that. If if anything with this episode, I think the only knock I'm going to really have on it was it was almost too busy. Well, too busy for 26 minutes. Yeah, there was they, they were trying to cover a lot of ground in a very short yeah. time. Which, by the way, and and I think this is a, a small, very small contributing factor in the present sort of WGA writer strike. By the way, Fandom Awakens Radio. And any of our spinoffs, we are totally 100% in support of the fact that, hey, you need to treat your writers fairly because guess what? Actors, they're just mouthpieces. Writers actually bring life to the ideas that these creators bring fart out of their head. Yeah, no. There, I, I just I, had to say it. Because yeah. you and I, 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 you and I both know that for a fact. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I th- I think the biggest thing for me with this episode, though, too, is the developments with Crosshair. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, obviously, or we you, see you, where he's. You want to know what I call Crosshair? Well, you call Crosshair. He looks like the James Woods of clones. Oh, uh, there's a little bit of that there, but I mean. Just the fact that we see him now fully realize everything that he was wrong about, and when you add into the aspect of the fact that, you know, we are talking about somebody who went through a lot of manipulation and procedures and things like yeah, that, and he's yeah. overcoming his own the programming. Um, I, I think in season three, one of the biggest things that's going to be a great storyline if they handle it properly is the Crosshair's redemption arc. See, I don't think it's going to be a redemption arc. I see it being the uh, the final sacrifice play. Oh, but I mean, that's I think that you can have that and still have a redemption arc. True, but very much, very much the opposite of um, you know tech here, and we'll get to that in, in a moment, but. I think how this how the series will end is Crosshair his his come to Jesus moment right because you always have that in in Star Wars to some effect but his come to Jesus moment will be and no not on a not on a handless railing JJ but Crosshair's come to Jesus moment will be some sort of you know, putting his life down for, you know, Hunter, uh, Rick, and uh, Omega. Yeah. No, and, I, I think and was... honestly, Echo, I don't see being there because Echo, I see him, you know, coming in and out of of season three. I I I see. I can see Echo being a bigger part of it now that, especially now that Tech is gone. You're probably yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll get into that a little bit more, but yeah. I, 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 I again, tipping point was a great episode and really pulls you into, like I said, mm-hmm. especially putting the pieces together. Again, the problem is you're trying to put together too many, I think, a little too many pieces in a 26 oh, minute the, episode show. Did you catch the secret cameo? Kind of obvious. We get to see, we get to see a skinny plastic critic. 
Oh, yes, that's true. Uh, so, I, yes. I'm like, was that Ben Mendelsohn? I don't think it was Ben, but... I don't think so, either. I mean... I, mean, I Now, look, it could have been because, you know, maybe when he was, um, oh, I don't know, shooting for Secret Invasion, they could have just had him say one line in a sound booth. No, that's true, but... It'll be interesting, but the, the great thing about Tipping Point... I think point, that's the only thing he says, right? He has one line, yeah, and yeah, that's pretty, an acknowledgement to Tarkin. Yeah. Well, but the great thing about Tipping Point was it pointed us right into the direction of an amazing two-part season finale. I, I, I love that, that segue you did, but before we hop on that segue, let's talk about who else was there to take out this uh, this spot. By the way... The the um, uh, summit on Ariadu, I'm like, I almost didn't recognize the planet without it being rain-soaked. <laughs> right? Um, I mean, seriously, I almost didn't recognize it without it being rain-soaked. But, <laughs> and then you're like, well, Cassian's going to be there about, what, 10, 10 years later? Something? Yeah. yeah some, it's about 10, isn't it? Yeah, about 10. Yeah, yeah, about 10 in the timeline. Um, and shoot, I'm just guessing about that without that freaking book. Um, yeah. But, you know, the other thing that I, I found interesting, though, is Saw Guerrero is there. Well, okay, so wait, wait, yeah, you're getting into the summit, the episode of the summit here, so... Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. sorry. Yeah, it's okay, that's okay, because let, let's, let's talk about it, because the summit was one of my favorite episodes of the season. Oh, yeah, the summit was definitely one of my favorites. Um, because you have, you have all of this classic Star Wars stuff that comes up in the summit. You have Tarkin being there, which, that's huge. Mm. You've got you got Krennic. Yeah. You've got you've got this amazing plot that they're going into and the some familiar Star Wars locations. And you have Saw Guerrero. Yeah. And I gotta admit, they got me. I was not expecting to see Saw. Can I can I say something though? The mm -hmm. way they use Tarkin uh, you know yeah. I mean granted they got me thinking on rewatch, right? You know, mm -hmm. going back to Rogue One. And, yeah, you could use the argument you can't have a Death Star story without Tarkin. That is true. But, and this is the but, okay? Um, I kind of feel after watching this episode, you could have, and you could have had the Tarkin interaction be, oh, I don't know, a hologram and not have us be distracted by this uncanny valley, you know, basically Tarkin puppet. Well, but I, I think I think the point of this is, David, is I think I think having Tarkin there in person now, I, adds... now again, Kyle, this was all, you know, a hindsight yeah. thought yeah. Go, you know, with Rogue One in mind. Yeah. But I think in this episode having Tarkin be the person, be there in person this yeah. and not a hologram. Mm -hmm. Just adds so much more weight and importance to the episode. Oh, it does. I was I was just sort of lamenting on what what could have been, right? Yeah. Could have been done, or because I'm not that big on this whole 
let's use VFX to make it seem like, you know, somebody's there or somebody's younger or this or that, or, right? Um, by the way, the Star Wars show better not do that with Carrie Fisher. She just got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Do not ruin this! But anyway, I digress on that point. So, yeah, I was just lamenting the what could have been, right? Yeah. Yeah. But no, I, I, I my, again, see, we're getting back onto the episode itself. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Were you as shocked to see Saw Gerrera as I was that they used Saw Gerrera, Gerrera here? Um, it was one of those things that no, you're shocked to no, see him, I, but it makes sense. I, after I wasn't that shocked because narratively it makes sense. What I'm shocked by, um, and, and I think I brought this up when we first covered Saw in, in season one, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. What I'm shocked by is that name Forrest Whitaker. Well, I, I think I think they're setting it up to be where whatever happened to Saw was obviously be- between probably a lot of those things that happened to him were happened obviously sometime be- between be- right before Andor and during the events of Andor going into Rogue yeah. One. Yeah, you know what I always thought that what why he has that weird sort of proto Vader you know thing going on is mm-hmm. that I thought he got into a conflict with Vader and Vader you know, crushed his larynx. Yeah. Well, okay, you never know. And that's why he sounds like this. Eyes. Deceptions. I'm just saying, you know, there'd be... And then I I had another thought, which happened to be, um, you know, uh, Rex in a in a chokehold by Vader, and and, he, and Rex shoots most of his mask off, and sees Anakin's face. But I guess that'd be too repetitive to um, uh, the 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 Malcor stuff in Rebels, and Obi Wan. More than now, I can guarantee you we're going to see something like that in Ahsoka, especially if this world between worlds, especially if those rumors end up being true. Yeah, well, I, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But yeah. that, that, that's, Ahsoka, that's Ahsoka. Let's focus on yeah, that. Yeah, I know. We got, we got, what, a couple months to go? Yeah, we, we, got, we got till August, so we got, a few, we got three, three, three more months. I know, before I, we know can... I know. Uh, let's let's focus on finishing up this episode because right. we we we've got the two teams now with different agendas for being there, but both trying to kind of sabotage things. And obviously, you add in the mix of Saw being Saw, and even now, everything to an extreme mm-hmm. really makes for an interesting um, difference of views per se between these two two outfits. It does. It does, and. You can already see where huh, seesaw. <laughs> you can already see where the different views are going to follow Saw for the rest of his life, and I guarantee you that is probably going to be. And again, because of things right now, I don't think we get it in twenty twenty four, but we'll see. 
I think that's going to be a major factor in uh, uh, Andor season two. Yeah, well, and it, and it could be, so... I mean, but, but you can already see it planted here, right? Yeah. Going back to this episode. Aha, I told you I'd keep on track. But going back to this episode, you can already see that planted here, and that can, you know, flow for, you know, the rest of Saul's life. Because, um, don't Ezra and Sabine, they have an encounter with them in Rebels, and they see it, basically? Yeah. 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 And but, we know in Rebels, which is set, um, uh, I think it's set, what, after Andor Season 2, but before Rogue One, or something like that? Yeah, right, right, right around yeah, that Yeah, somewhere channel. around there. Sorry, you can, uh, we can already see that, that, that blew up in some sense with, um, you know, Saw and Mon Mothma. Yeah, that's in true. That, but... In that confrontation. Yeah. But... Where Saw's that big giant head, remember? Yeah. But let, let's... I'm, I'm trying to steer you back out there. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. It, it's hard to when you have a, a gazillion things planted in the timeline at this point. Yeah, yeah. But, um, again, to see the dichotomy between how Saw's, what Saw's so focused and hit, and because is he, Saw's plan is interfering with Rex, with Hunter's plan and the Bad Batch's plan to find these, um, imprisoned clone troopers. And of course, everything, as, as always, things go, go completely sideways. Well, of course they Which don't. leads to... They plan on putting a home and beacon on on the ship to track him. That ship gets destroyed. It leads to a shootout. Um, Saw escapes, um, and the Bad Batch try to escape, but end up in this rail car and kind of get stuck thanks to um, the explosion. And uh-huh. yeah, kind of we kind of leave hanging on a cliffhanger mm. of this episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, yeah, and, and so basically they get left hanging because, well, how do we say this nicely? Saw is an idiot. Well, Saw is one-track minded and that it doesn't help anybody. he's a one-track minded idiot. Yeah. But that leads us into the season finale of, um, Plan 99, which... I will say this for this episode, yeah. and I mean, I, I love these two episodes, but this one had a, a lot of emotional punch to it for several different reasons. Oh, I would say so. With, with, with reveals, with um, loss of characters, at least for a time being, um, betrayals. Well, now, let me stop you for a second, because I'm going to say, if they pull a fast one and bring Tech back, that, I think, is, oh, I'm just going to say, as Pastor Deadpool would put it, that's just lazy writing. Well, it's the old trope. You didn't see the body. It is the old trope. Uh, again, JJ, looking at you. But, um, you're taking away a lot of stakes that 
you know, Bad Batch set up, right? Which the show up until this point, with the exception of a few stellar episodes like The Outpost, right? That it just did not have. Yeah. Well, that, there's that, but let's talk about let's talk about the beginning of this episode with the escape sure, and what happened with that yeah, plan yeah. and because there's something I need I want to bring up here because I'm going to compare this actually to both the Mandalorian finale and the Star Trek Picard finale for one particular reason. Oh, I'm because intrigued. It, because it was my one gripe I felt with both the Mando finale and the Star Trek Picard finale. All right. And that is the the sense of peril in these three episodes. And I think you know where I'm going with this, but let me let me explain. Okay. In Star Trek Picard, never once in the finale did you feel that any of the main characters were even remotely in peril. Right. In my well, opinion. I, I can agree with that, yeah. And I think I think that was an element that was kind of as great as Picard was, and it is, and it is. But I think it, I think you needed to develop a way of create a little bit more sense of peril with your main character. There was a lot of what's the word plot armor. Yeah, in Mandalorian season two, it was kind of the same thing. You never felt like Mando was really in You're danger. Saying, oh, Mandalorian in season three. Season three in the season finale, season three. Excuse me. You never felt Mando was in danger, really. You never felt Grogu was in danger. You never even really felt Bo-Katan was really in that much danger. Right. And ironically, and I, the only thing in danger was that Darksaber, and I'm still mad about that, John. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll we, we've discussed oh. that. <laughs> but in this finale, because of just the tension of the situation they were in, you felt that sense of peril, like, Somebody might not survive this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I understand it's an animated. You can get away with a little bit more because it's animated, things like that. But that was that was that was something that I think really added to that whole sequence was that sense of what's going to happen here because the way this is shaping up, it's not going to end well for somebody. And sure enough, Plan Ninety Nine was executed, mm-hmm. and it didn't end well for Tech, which yeah. I think they had been kind of setting up anyway because they started showing tech maybe having a little bit of a love interest going on there mm-hmm. you had some other things going going on and i think too because of it, it was a great thing to happen because of that adding that sense of peril but it also again when i look how it affects the characters and they really played up well how i think it affected each one of them differently yeah yeah especially omega i think it really compounded the reality of certain situations to Omega, and I think they really handled that very well. Yeah, no, they handled it beautifully well. And, you know, it's funny you you say stakes, because uh, I would have more respect for your Bad Batch if you stuck to your guns and kept Tech dead. Because you're adding weight, you're adding, you know, emotional uh, payoff. You know, don't go reversing this stuff. I mean, that's why, and Kyle, I will say this, and I give very little respect to it now, right? Mm-hmm. In most cases. I, I certainly don't fawn over it like, a, like the million of Feige followers there are. But 
as much as I enjoy them. But I will say the one thing I respect is that you you, you kill a Tony. And, and by all accounts, he's gone. Well, and I, I think I think in that, in that in that aspect too, you know, there's killing just killing a character to kill a character. I, I mean, granted, granted, one is big screen where these things yeah. should stay, and one is a, a streaming service that, let's be honest, other than your hardcore Star Wars fans, not a lot of people have. Well, oh, I think oh, I wouldn't I won't go that far, but. I, I think that, but the other aspect of it is, is you're not killing a character just to kill a character. There's actually meaning behind it. Right, exactly. And what what else works about this episode as we move forward a little bit? We see them dealing with how Tech's death affected them, mm-hmm. and then they go back to Sid. Which I'm sorry, to save- I'm sorry. Like I brought up before, that mm-hmm. made no sense. Look, well, no, actually, I think I actually it does make going, sense in the aspect. But no, Papu, granted, you got away from Sid. I, I, I'm blanking on the name of the gal that is introduced, right? Yeah. The Wanda Sykes. I'm blanking on that. Name. Yeah. But yeah, you got away from Sid because you know Sid is a slippery snake, basically, just to end up back with Sid. Well, I think I think, but the, the the reasoning behind it, right? Even though they know it's not their best option, it's 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 logical because you know they they at least felt like, you know, they thought they had a little bit of still safe harbor with Sid, even though with what everything that happened, right? And so, and they 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 didn't think Sid would completely sell them out to the Empire per se, and but that's what happens, and that's that. And I think that again, it's more has more emotional oomph to it because it is Sid who's selling them out to the Empire. You can see Sid selling them out to some other other things, well, maybe some gangsters honest, or something. Honestly, like I don't think Tech briefed uh, Hunter and Rick on the fact that, you know, the... the And maybe Rekker didn't pay attention to it. He probably didn't. But I don't think Tech briefed Hunter on what um, that one dude... Uh, said the the guy the character was voiced by Ernie Hudson in that purely useless episode, but what um he said about Sid she'll betray you. I don't think I don't yeah. think Tech briefed Hunter properly. Well, but let's also remember that that they're probably not in the best of emotional states either. Nah, you're probably yeah you're definitely right on that. So, but with that, but this, but this Sid betrayal leads to a whole a whole group of events happening, which eventually leads to Omega being captured. Right. Yeah. And I think that whole everything that happened there that led up to that was very fun, and again, just carried a weight to it. And then, obviously, Omega getting captured, especially by Hemlock, and end up going to Hemlock, which um. I, 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 I have to get a kick out of this, David, but it's the Wayland facility on Mount Tantus where they go to. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, if if you watch other particular film franchises, the name Wayland usually doesn't mean good things. Uh, are, you, <laughs> are, you, are you referring to 
the one thing that it, that got Ridley Scott off his ass to make Alien, the fact that Star Wars basically scared the shit out of him. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, I when, when I heard they said the way because was don't you don't you remember that? I mean, when Star Wars came out, Ridley was like, "I'm a I'm a truck driver. What am I doing? This guy's making this." Yeah, yeah, but yeah, um, anything named Waylon usually does not lead to good things. No, not really. Now, now so we have... I will say, you know, if you say Waylon doesn't lead to good things. Wailing Yutani, that leads to even worse. Oh uh, yeah, well we haven't had the Yutani yet. Uh yet. <laughs> I I think there's a little bit of legal issues with that one. Yeah, well we could still have the Uta- we could have the Wayland facility and the Yutani facility. Or the have the Wayland Utini <laughs> And then we have Compromise. There we go. And all of a sudden we're like, I knew it, the Jawas were little tricks. Yeah. But they probably here were we, anyway. Which, I mean, come on. So, so we have this, and then which leads us, of course, to our big final moments as um, Omega finds Crosshairs, and Crosshairs is basically used to kind of get Omega to fall into place a little bit. Now, when, they, when Omega went into that lab, were you getting the 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 the, the creepy X goal vibes? Yeah, there, there was a little bit of that, but then, we, of course, we get the major revelation. Um, Car is actually Omega's sister. Okay, I have a few thoughts about that. All right? One in, parti- okay. one in particular that I really okay, want to... Okay, well, I, give, give, give us your I thoughts. Really wanna, I really want to get your take on. Okay. I, I'm sorry. You remember early on, I think it was season one, right? Where Tech basically dropped uh, Alpha, and obviously it was referring mm-hmm. to Boba, right? Yeah. Um, now, okay, so there's that, right? Yep. You follow that to now, and this revelation. By the way, that's why you do a season three, because as much as I've had issues with the Bad Batch, you cannot end on that. Yeah, no, you yeah, can't. You can't do it. Um, and I'm glad it's it's ending after three because that kind of feels fitting for animation at this point anyway. Yeah. Um, whether you're a streaming service or not, that just feels like the comfort zone for animation at this point. Um, but, you know, by having car revealed as the as Omega's sister does that feel like backpedaling a little bit okay so you know, know I mean on, on the alpha boba thing well I, I don't know so much backpedaling on the alpha boba thing but here's what I think it okay. is Okay. I think it's really not necessarily the wisest of decision because I think it really devalues Omega well yeah I mean and then it makes you really wonder why is Hemlock so obsessed with Omega if he already has Scar? Well, Hemlock's not. Lama say is. Yeah. So Hemlock, quite, Hemlock is more obsessed with getting Lama say to cooperate, which leads yeah. to bringing Omega into this. So the to me, what really devalues Omega is not so much this, 
but the fact that the one obsessed with Omega isn't even Hemlock. It's Lama Say. Because yeah. remember, she but, was that even back in season one. So yeah. what's but going I, I on just, there? Well, and I think, I mean, it raises great questions to go into season three it with. Does, I'm just yeah. like, so, so, so and you just kind of, like you said, you're kind of going, what's the deal here? Right. And so I think that, as far as the cliffhanger aspect of it, that's interesting. Yeah, it, it, I just it don't, is. I, I, I feels like it's taking away some of the unique, whatever uniqueness they had planned for Omega, and like they've changed it on the fly a little bit. Oh. Well, it would keep with the time-honored tradition that goes back to the days of a plaid-wearing bearded fellow that had no idea what he was doing, but got lucky somehow. Oh, well, I think I think there's a little bit of part of that, but I, I'm I, it's one of those things that I'm come on, willing to come see. Come on, you and I both know that's been Star Wars' thing, not not just from 2012 forward, but from 1977 yeah. forward. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I get it. Um, and all I'm saying is, is it just makes me wonder what direction they're going. Right, yeah, which, ironically, we're at that point now. Yeah, except except in this case, I don't know if I necessarily have as much faith in the Bad Batch team right now no, well, to pay that well, off well. to be honest, they're not Filoni, so, and that's what I've been saying since we started covering Bad Batch. Yeah, and I mean, this isn't a knock on them, but let's they're improvement mode no, right No, it's now. absolutely not a knock, right? Yeah. But the, it's it's fact. You know, yeah. you, and, you and I both know Filoni is probably about less than 5% uh, in the pool of animation anymore. Yeah, well... He's got, I, he's I, got I, bigger fish to fry. Yeah. But I, I think overall, at the, at the end of this, David... With this episode, I think this was. I think this finale was phenomenal. It was, yeah. I, I think. I think it really. I think when we're all said and done, not only with this two-part finale, but with the other two episodes involved with it, when you take those as a whole, yeah. These four episodes, I don't want to say one hundred percent redeemed what I felt was a lot of flaws within this season of the Bad it, Batch. It wasn't. It was about fifty-eight. I go a little higher than that. I would say about seventy-five percent. Okay. But I'd, I'd but, keep it around fifty-eight. But I can see where okay, you're well, going. Well, with let, that. let me let me let me finish my thought here. Is what it did do successfully, and, and what it needed to do was it kept my interest for a new, a third season. Yeah, no, I agree. It it definitely made me intrigued on what a third season can do. Because I won't lie, going into not just the whole season, but especially these final four. After Pabu, I I did yeah. not want a third season. I'm like, well, I was I was I, I, up until Pabu, I was like, if they do a third season, when and I, I still believe this, they cannot do another 16 episode third season. No, to me, if they're they going to do a third cannot. season. It needs to be half the A episodes. third season has to be 10 or 12, that's it. If that, I was thinking 8 to 10. 8 to 10? Okay. Um, I'm going to guess it's going to fall in my You cannot do another 16-episode run. No. 
my, my, my feeling is it's probably going to fall in right around 10. Oh, all right. That, that, that sounds pretty accurate. Because, but... I mean, okay. Let's name, okay, name for me the good episode we had here. Aside from... Okay, so... Aside from the ones in these four, which was technically three. Okay, so I'm I'm bringing up the list of episodes. In front All right. Um, the solitary clone. Oh, that's one. Um, I thought um, the outpost. Obviously, that's two. Those, those were the two. Those were the two standout yeah. ones. I do think the season premiere, Spoils of War, was decent. That's that's three. Um, Ruins of War wasn't bad either. That's four. Those first two episodes weren't mm. bad. Um, I'm, I'm just going to go down, because the rest of the way, I'm just going to go down. All right. Episode four was bad. <laughs> yeah, Master. yeah. Uh, look, I give Pabu a light pass on filler, but episode four, faster, that was awful. Yeah. Um, episode five, Entombed, was basically um, Bad Batch Tomb Raider. Uh, well, Indiana Clones. Yeah. Indiana. Episode six. Indiana Clones and the Raiders of the whatever that was. Episode six, Tribe, gets some points for bringing back a fun, familiar. It face. does. It, I I I want I want to see the others. Damn it! I'm like, hey, Bad Batch, bring me. You know. They're knock on Filoni's door. They're to show me where the the jazz riff of younglings are right now. Yeah. Um Episode seven, the clones conspiracy is found guilty of making Rex dull. And so yeah. You know what? Uh, if if Skype had a high five feature, I'd high five you right now because I'm right there with yeah. you. The next three episodes, this this kind of three episode starting arc from with truth and consequences, the crossing and retrieval, I could have lived without that. Right, I feel like truth and consequences is the only re- because the whole Palpatine thing, right? Yeah, I feel like that yeah. is the only reason this series exists. Because yeah. um, if you and- literally take that Palpatine shot. That's mm-hmm. the reason why the show exists, to show yeah. that turn. And honestly, I didn't necessarily need that. Um, and then finally, episode 11, Metamorphosis. I thought, a fun revisit to Clone Wars. You always will sell me on having a, a kaiju episode, because those are always right. going to be it's fun, a, but... it's a fun. It's a fun revisit, but I'm like, did we really... You know what? Okay, another thought before I, you know, say something off here. But, you know what, if you were to take out uh, Tomb, which was a doll, mm-hmm. uh, and replace it with Metamorphosis, I probably would have been a bit more satisfied. Yeah, well, I, I, th- I think here, though, looking at this, what, what, what you basically look at with this season of Bad Batch is you have... In my opinion, there's, I would say for me, there's truthfully six episodes worth revisiting out of a possible six. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The, the solitary clone, 
outpost and then the final four. Well, what, what's interesting here, um, after you just laid that all out, is if you took those sticks and you you looked at that, you studied it, you, reson- you resonated on it, you let it just stay for a while, if you took just those six episodes, right, that would be uh, your basis for a season three. Because tonally, that's what a season should be if you're going to end it, end this show. Well, if, 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 if you want my opinion, looking at out of the 16 episodes, yeah. you could eliminate one, two, three, four, five. You could have you could have made this a ten episode season, eliminated six episodes, and it would have been an outstanding season from start to oh, finish. Oh, absolutely, yeah, it would have been. You know, eliminate so, eliminate the six episodes, tighten it up, maybe you know, uh, play around with some gears in the uh, on the car, and this would have been a phenomenal season, of Bad Batch. Yeah. So I, I I I look at it this way, when I when I look at this season of Bad Batch, I think it, at the end it got itself right and it had a couple great moments during it the season. Did, yeah. I I think the episodes the two that I just really weren't feeling were, weren't designed to appeal to. I think you were designed to appeal to the other half of the Bad Batch audience, which you're still talking about an animated show that is aimed for children. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think I think I think I mean, I take that into consideration. I would say that this this season of a bad of bad batch, as far as my grade would be, I would probably give it a B minus. Yeah, I would I would give it a B plus. I would be slightly above that, but yeah. Because I, I just I'm sorry you get you get deducted, you get demerit points for making Rex boring. <laughs> oh, you get you get big demerit points for making Rex boring. And I said for a long time, even when a animated show was Dave, I said in the Clone Wars, I'm like, Dave, I don't care if George made you do this, which I'm sure he did. You, why, why, why are you putting rabbit ears on a badass? Well, okay, so you know the maybe, helmet look. Yeah, I know what yeah, you're talking yeah, about, yeah. but. So I, I, I kind of want to end my thoughts here on Bad Batch Season 2 and kind of a, a, a final, a, a bit of a thought on Star Wars animation, the animation side of Star right, Wars in ahead. general. And yeah. I, know, I know we will have an episode that will talk about Vision. Yeah, Star we'll, we'll save that. We'll save that for an upcoming yeah. episode of the regular um, uh, Phantom yeah. Awakens Radio. At the time we're recording this, Vision, Vision Season 2 is out. And I, I just I, it's going to be part of what I, got, I have to say mm-hmm. here. I think between what's happening in live action with Ahsoka coming up in August, and we know we'll get a wrap-up to the Clone Wars, or to the Bad Batch. Right, yeah. I think when Bad Batch ends, I really think it is time to move on from what I call the Filoni-verse of animation. Right. I mean, I, I, technically the Filoni-verse of animation, uh, to me... Um, it came to a bit of a halt when uh, Filoni was given more responsibilities because well, but, but, a lot of this yeah, stuff isn't so much him. 
Well, I understand what you're saying, what you're saying, David, and I'm just saying in general because it's still pulling from a lot of stuff that Filoni did. Yeah, no, which is obvious with episodes like Metamorphosis, because yeah. you're opening so, up the Clone Wars, you know, trinket box. So what I'm going to say, and I've said this to you off mic, and I said it also on the Phantom Podcast Network's What a Piece of Junk Show, which is our Star Wars show on the Phantom yeah. Podcast Network, is this with Star Wars Visions. Star Wars Visions, whether it's your cup of tea or not, and like I get it, it's not for everybody. Right. Um, with season two out, I think some, the, the experiment that is Star Wars Visions has proven one thing. And I really hope it's something that the Star Wars creators that are handling things on a day-to-day basis are really looking at from their own experiment here with this, is that it's okay to get outside the Skywalker sandbox. I think I think when Bad Batch season three ends, Star Wars animation needs to look at it's time to take one or two of those ideas from Visions and expand on it. You know, it's and that it's is, funny you call it a Skywalker or sandbox because it is technically a George Lucas sandbox. We just well, I, no I, no no. I think we use the term Skywalker sandbox, Kyle, as a metamorphosis pardon the pun to basically elevate george right well i i I don't even think it i think i think for me when i say skywalker sandbox is that it's all events taking place during what we now refer to as the skywalker saga and i'm i i we just you know, I'm, that's one of the reasons why I'm looking so forward to Acolyte. Right, yeah. When Acolyte comes out, because it's a different time for It's why I'm ex- of all the movie announcements, it's the aspect of James Mangold's projected project taking place during the, the High Republic. Well, even you know, well before that, because isn't it like, yeah. what, uh, 2,500 years later or something, yeah. or something like that? No, but... It's the aspect that we're getting out of this one. This what feels like almost like Star Wars is time locked into this section of this of, of this time lock universe's time. Yeah, no, I, I so, would have to agree with that. Yeah, there's and the thing Visions proved to me was there's so much more potential out there, and there's so much more potential even if you want to say this isn't part of this timeline, but to have nothing that necessarily ties itself to any of the events of this. Of this timeline, right, yeah, absolutely. No, but and, we'll we'll get into that. We'll no, get into no, that on and, a different show. Uh, yeah, no, I just want to I just want to make the point. I'm not going to dive into every episode right, of Visions right. here. I'm just making I'm making the point is Lucasfilm. Look at your own experiment. No, I I know right. you're making the point because it's relevant here. What I yeah, will say about rel- it, and before we close out, all right, mm-hmm. is that. To me, uh, and I and I I said this when I sat down to watch all visions, right? The mm-hmm. the two episodes that really stuck with me that I'd like to see more of, much like Ronan, right? Are yep. Sith and Skydancer, and you know, obviously Journey to the Darkhead, which felt like a bit of a horror film, really. But I will say this. And I mean this flat out, uh, is can Star Wars animation, it, it's, it doesn't have to go away, right? But can it 
kind of move and migrate and live in this sort of canon divorced, you know, visions kind of place? Can it just live there? I th and I think it can. But I also think it, they, they, they have to be willing to go there. Right. No, yeah. And, and you know, I, th I think was covering the willing to go there, and we'll get into this on, a, on another show uh, at a later date, uh, the, the unwillingness to go there is the adherence to George. I I'm I I think that's part yeah. of it. I also I I'm gonna be I'm gonna be I'm I'm just gonna let it fly. Lucasfilm and Disney are scared to death of going outside of that box. Yeah, no, I look even someone as biased as me, who's invested countless, you know, uh, moolah into sideshow collectibles and all that all that jazz. Okay. Even someone as biased as me will say adamantly to anyone, right? You know, sequel trilogy defender mm -hmm. or sequel trilogy troll, it doesn't matter. Uh, unless you start talking garbage to my face, then it matters. But I will say to anyone, they are absolutely 100% afraid to get out of that box. And furthermore... Kyle, and I will double down on that. So is George. Because if, if you go back to the prequels, that's where that started. Well, I, I, I think, I think, but I think, I'll, I'll agree with you to that point, but I, I, I think especially right now, yeah. and, and okay, I know this is, this is getting a little bit off topic of Bad Batch, but I, I think it's a, I think it's a valid oh, point. It's a long topic talk. anyway. Um, I think the grand experiment of the sequel trilogy, mm -hmm. and I will never call it a failure because it made too much money to be a failure, right, and, all, and there are people who love it. And, look, all of, but all of them made too much money to be a failure, so this narrative that, you know, the wretched hive of scummy YouTube keep peddling is basically bullshit. But I think what has happened is is a twofold thing. Yeah. I think Disney's idea, and I think Disney got a little ahead of themselves. They didn't. Which is not unheard of for a company yeah. that's been doing that since. Uh, Song yeah, and of I, but I, and I think, and I think, yeah, and I think Lucasfilm got wrapped up in that, got kind of wrapped up in oh, this too. And he, and and hear me out was I think the whole idea of the sequel trilogy was Disney wanted to create their own Star Wars characters that were going to be universally beloved, and it didn't work out that right. way. Right, yeah. And and the problem with the problem that happened was, was not only was Disney so focused on that, unlike other franchises, including one very, very recently, which transitioned out much-beloved characters, but transitioned them out in a way that the fans felt like they got a prop chance to say a proper goodbye mm -hmm. to those yeah. characters. Disney and Lucasfilm mismanaged the transition to new characters and new ideas poorly. See, now, see, now to me, I, 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 look, I will half agree 
because, and I only say half based on this. To me, what failed that transition was, you know, uh, it's inherent in the fact that instead of doing it himself, which he could have done in 97, you know, go 97, 99, 2001. He could have done it himself, all right? But what really kind of shot that hope in the foot was, ironically, the creator himself. Well, yes and no. And I I agree with you. Instead of doing the makeover of the original trilogy, he should have done 7, 8, and 9 at that point. But he chose not to. And no, no. And and what I find painfully hilarious, Kyle, is mm -hmm. that, and maybe you're aware of this, but the whole special edition fad really was the equivalent of a marital spat because George didn't want to pay his ex-wife. Well, yeah, but, okay. Aside from yeah. that, let's... It kind of is a big is, part of that, though. Well, it's a, it's a part of yeah. that, yes, but the, ultimately the, the, the hands that had, were at the steering wheel at the time, it was time, time to finally make that transition when not George Lucas. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I definitely agree. And all, all I'm saying is, is that it wasn't handled, especially when we, okay, I'm going to say, especially when we look at to see how two major franchises have handled the transition of character to a new generation in both Ghostbusters and Star Trek. I'm glad you let off from my, my real first love first, so. Um, and how they handled how they handled a transition to a new generation of characters, and still paid proper homage to what came before yeah. it. And I I think Disney and Lucasfilm got so wrapped up in the idea of making a Star Wars for a new generation, right. yeah, that they didn't handle the generational shift well. Hell, I'm gonna say it. Jurassic World handled the generational shift between characters better than what Star Wars. Uh, I'll give you the first Jurassic World, but those last two were crap. Yeah, but but the, okay, but even the third film, whether you liked it or not, it still gave you proper tribute to the characters. Um, uh, no, it didn't, okay? That may have been the case, but I will just... Uh, you know, you say that, and I'll just meet you with, after watching Jurassic World Dominion, I am glad we avoided the Colin Trevorrow bullet because that guy sucks. Well, all I'm saying, though, is that they still got a moment that Star Wars fans didn't get to have. Yeah, because honestly, uh, you know, everyone knows this, okay? I don't care how jaded you are. I don't care how old you are. Everybody knows this. Whether it's in stories or out of stories, people being friends for 30 plus years is unrealistic at best. It just, yeah, it, no, it I, just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. Okay, there is, there is no way you can convince me that happens. Because it doesn't. Well, we know it doesn't. Things happen, lives happen. You might, but they might not be 
close friends, but they still have, in, in some cases, they still have a respect for each other. Obviously, there's times when that's not the case, but they find a way to let for certain things to happen. Right. All, 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 all I'm saying here, and because we're getting way, way off of Bad Batch and, and stuff like that, and this is really a conversation to do on another right, show. But true. what I'm, what I'm, what I'm saying here is is this. Is that Star Wars? I think the fans, for the most part now, are at a point where they will accept something new, yeah. and they will they will accept something that's outside that's out, more thought of outside of the box. You're still going to have people out there who, where's my Luke Skywalker? Where's my Jedi's? Where's right? Yeah, this? yeah, yeah. The... You're not you're not going to please anybody. But I think if you were to pull the majority of Star Wars fans. They want to see something fresh, and they want to see something from a different point of view. And I think that's why Andor succeeded so well because it was from a different a point of view we have never seen Star Wars. Yeah, from. absolutely, I agree. It was, it was, it was, and I know the internet hates this phrase, but who cares? It was Star Wars for grown-ups. Yeah, and I, I think you can still have Star Wars for kids and Star Wars for grown-ups. I just think that it's time for Star it's time for Star Wars and I think it's time for a lot of these bigger franchises mm-hmm. to realize not every single project we do has to be for everyone. I agree. Absolutely. It's time for it's I, time I, for Disney to realize that across the entire board. Not just Star well, Wars cuz their board has a lot more in it than that. Yeah, well, and but, and I, I think I think, but that I think in Star, and especially in Star Wars case right now, it's, it really is that we are at that point where it's time. Yeah, no, past time really, but yeah. And I think people are, I think people for the most part are ready for it. Yeah, so. absolutely. But that that's 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 my little soapbox as we close out. Yeah, close out this that's episode, neither but here nor there. Like I said, sooner rather than later, we'll get to recording uh, more regular episodes of Fandom Awakens Radio and. Uh, We'll uh, deep dive more into this because I think it's a it's a conversation that we barely scratch the surface at, Kyle. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I agree, and I, I think like and I think with considering everything that's going on in the entertainment industry right now, with just the development of the movie theaters trying to get firmly back on their right. feet, yeah. we've got we've got we've got. Streaming, streaming, entering a new zone where we're, we're not quite sure which direction certain things oh, are going I, I to go in. A, I have a feeling I know what zone it's going to go in, but I'll, uh, well, let's well, just, let's uh, just say I'll, I'll tell you off show. Yeah. Well, I think, I think we're still waiting to see where all the chips are going to fall. And then finally we have the rider strike going on, which is affecting everything. Oh across, yeah. Across there's the... that. So I think we're just in a very interesting time. And I think it's going to be when the, all the dust is settled. I think the entertainment industry will be a little bit different than what it is as we've known it for the last it's few years. It's going to be very interesting. You know, so. Amusing is the word. Yeah. And the moose bouche, if you will. Yep. There you go. <laughs> uh, on that it's note. not very, it's not very amusing. On that note, Mr. Sandin, why don't you get us All out right. here? All right, so, gang, thank you for joining us for, um, you know, uh, Back to the Clones, Clones versus Trooper, Empire Dawns. 
Uh, sorry it took so long to record the last uh, episode covering the final four of Bad Batch, but you know what? Things. And let's be honest, my boy Kyle had to recover from, uh, well, things, and they're upsetting friends of things. We'll just leave it at that. So, uh, uh, again, thank you for joining us, and uh, we will be definitely covering Season 3 of The Bad Batch when that comes out. I believe it's, Kyle, I believe it's 2024, they said, the celebration. At this, for the moment. <laughs> yeah, okay, for the moment, for the moment, you know, 2024 with the national asterisk on it, for the moment. All exactly. Right? Uh, but we will be covering uh, season three of The Bad Batch. And, um, like I said, sooner rather than later, Kyle and I will, um, you know, make more regular episodes of Tandem Awake on the Radio uh, on the main show. All right, so, gang, for me and my co-host Kyle, I'll, we'll just leave you with this. Ha! We're all you need. You can buy your freedom. You can have a future. Isn't that what you're after? We're already free. Clearly, you're not paying attention to what's happening out there. It is time for a new era. Thanks for listening to Back to the Clones, Clones vs. Trooper, Empire Dawn. There are others out there who need our help. Covering the Star Wars Bad Batch Season 2. Streaming exclusively on Disney+. We'll take all the allies we can get. Let's go. Let's get to work. All things Lucasfilm Star Wars is a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company. This podcast is meant for informational purposes only, and no infringement is intended.